This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the uh, second part of the Football Friday podcast after Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a very enjoyable holiday. Uh, we get ready to look at the weekend schedule and look back at the three games quickly uh, that were played on Thanksgiving. Um, Bills and Lions in an entertaining one. Um, clearly, the Bills are not the dominant force everybody thought they would be at this point. First of all, Allen continues to make mistakes in the red zone. The defense is not playing on the level that they had hoped. Now they have some key injuries to worry about. But they win the game, and what you see from them is when they need to drive, they drive. Two great drives led by Allen, and especially with 23 seconds left. You know, he hits digs for 36 timeout. He runs for three yards timeout. He runs for nine yards timeout, and then the game winner. Confidently done, done under control, and that's how you win games. Allen can do that. He's as good as anybody in the sport late in those spots. He might even be the best because of his ability to run, his strength, and his ability to make any throw. So he's good there. The problem is he's thrown a lot of interceptions, especially in the red zone. Now, the Lions are improved, clearly. But you really shake your head with Campbell's clock management because it was shaky at the end of the first half. It was atrocious at the end of the game. Absolutely atrocious. I mean, he's got to get much better with his clock management. But the team is playing inspired football. They're better. They're improved. They're doing the right things. They're moving in the right direction. I don't think they'll get there this year as far as the playoffs, but they're moving in the right direction under this man, and that's, that's a positive that hasn't happened in Detroit for a while. If you are a Giant fan and you wagered on your Giants on Thanksgiving, you know what? You got the gift of gifts because, let's be honest, the banged-up Giants never belonged in that game. The Cowboys, with all their mistakes – the turnovers, the countless penalties, the bad decisions like going for it on fourth down at your own 40 early in, you know, early in the game, just stuff like that makes no sense. I mean, they are badly managed from a game standpoint, but they are extremely talented and they are terrific defensively. And listen, the Giants got lucky. The field goal, if it's good, doesn't matter. The late touchdown, the add-on touchdown wouldn't have impacted the point spread. It did, and you get a gift if you wager on the Giants. If you wager on the Cowboys, you got a very tough beat because when they get that pass interference and now they're moving down the field and they have the ball late, you figure they're going to run the clock out. They don't. They take the field goal, but the field goal puts you comfortably over the number and he misses the field goal. So the bottom line is you would have been better off just punting the ball down. They wouldn't have scored then. Uh, but where they get the ball after the missed field goal gave them an easy 
score, especially if the Cowboys continue to make penalties, which they did. So, hey, the Giants get the classic backdoor cover. That was even not even classic. That was just a bad backdoor cover. And if you're a Cowboy fan, you're like, what am I doing wagering? Because that's the kind of game that has that only happens in the NFL, where you just shake your head that you lost. You lost the game you couldn't lose, and you did. Vikings win against the Pats, 33-26. Big game for Jefferson. Usually, Belichick takes Jefferson, the Jefferson player away. He really didn't here, which was surprising because you thought he would. He didn't. He tried to at times, but at times he didn't. When he played him straight up, they made him pay. They also went and threw him some 50-50 balls, which he came down with. And, you know, he's a very big threat. There's no question about it. The Vikings now have an insurmountable lead. They have a five-game lead in the loss column and will clinch very, very soon. So they will be in the playoffs long before anybody else uh, with their lead in that division. The second-best record is 4-7. and seven. They are 9-2. and two. Um, The killer there, clearly the answer, the 97-yard kickoff return. So the Pats, who break the Jets' heart with the punt return, get hit with a kickoff return, which you know if you know anything about Belichick, you know how much pride he has in special teams. Never take the foot out of football. It's the Belichick Paw sells mantra. And it killed him to have that happen. And they had some other big mistakes last night. And that one, though, really set the game up. Because if they got a stop there, it would have been a different game. They get the score. You know, they move the ball well at times. And they get the 97-yard kick return to tie the game at 23. And that was the killer uh, in that game. And, of course, there was a couple of disputed calls there. Bottom line is Vikings moved the ball well enough to win the game. They did, and they uh, move on while the Pats are scrambling for the postseason. They're still there, but they're scrambling. All right, let's look at the remnants of yesterday. The Giants are... Seven and four after a six and one start. They've lost three of their last four. They are banged up badly. And they face the toughest schedule in football. They only play one losing team the rest of the way, and that's the Colts who are a dangerous team. They play Washington. They play then the Eagles. Then they play Washington. Then they play at Minnesota. Then they play the Colts. Then they play at the Eagles. They have a very hard schedule. Nothing is given for them yet, and they have to stop the bleeding because they are banged up. And the only thing that kept that game close yesterday was some bad decision-making on the sideline by the Cowboys and just countless mistakes by the Cowboys, who really were never in rhythm the whole game and still, you know, had a big lead late. Now moving to the uh, things that we need to clean up for the weekend. Bears and Jets. You know that White is starting. You know that uh, Wilson is not even dressing. A real comeuppance for him. Bottom line is, as we told you the other day, he is going to the bench, not because he was awful in the end of that game, but how he handled the post-game interview because it caused a huge divide in that room. His comments, and he knows it now because he's addressed it, and his father addressed it to him, he messed up. And the comments he made were very damning to a team that has a playoff defense and might have the best defense in the league. 
And the Jets can get to the playoffs if they're caught. And I've been telling you that all season. If their quarterback play does not hold them back. And it had started to hold them back, especially against the Pats, who always take advantage of young quarterbacks. Now Wilson's going to have to wait. He's going to, he said all the right things this, you know, last couple of days. He clearly messed up. He said the wrong thing. He made the wrong excuses. He said the wrong things about the defense, about the team. He didn't take ownership. He looked immature, and it got him basically to the bench probably for the rest of the regular season. The Jets are going to try and make the playoffs now with White, and if White bombs, they're going to an experienced hand that's won a Super Bowl. And Flacco, that's bottom line. They're not going back to Wilson until they're out of it. So he might not play again this year. As far as Fields, I will be shocked if he plays. You see the line trending up like he's not going to play. He has not been ruled out of the game yet, but I'll tell you, me personally, to say that the off-shoulder injury doesn't matter, it does matter. It absolutely, everything affects your throwing motions. That's, that's, that's not true. Number two, I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's been playing all week. I don't know when he's playing again, but I don't think he's playing on Sunday. I think you're going to see Seaman as a quarterback. I expected that all week, and I think you'll see that announced. Uh, I don't know if it will be announced before the game or not, when it will be announced. But the bottom line is I would be shocked to see Fields playing with that injury. Shock. We don't know about Stafford. Who knows if he's playing. Donald, you know Donald starts for the Panthers. Okay. Um, what you have right now is Dallas moving ahead. You have the Eagles still holding course. And you have a surging San Francisco team that is very very talented and is going to be a major factor the rest of the way. So that is the storyline right there. And it's going to be very interesting. The wild cards are centering on the AFC East and the NFC East. That's where you have the winning records. That's where you have the teams that are all in it. And that's where we'll see all the action the rest of the way. Before we get to the uh, emails, Michigan and Ohio State tomorrow. Both teams have shown vulnerabilities. Michigan had to come from behind to beat Illinois, which moved the ball on them. Ohio State struggled with Maryland a lot more than they should have. Ohio State has injuries in their two-headed running back tandem of Williams and Henderson, but they have a third back who obviously is very talented. The Wolverines have Blake Corum, who I think will play, but I'm not guaranteed we will. He came out of the game against the Illini, but I think that was a precaution more than anything else. They figured they could win that game, but they cut it close, but they figured they could win that game without him. He's had 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns this year. It's a big game for him. And they, Wolverines need him to run the ball well. If the Wolverines are going to win a second straight, and remember, Ohio State has dominated in this series. Wolverines won last year, 42-27. They haven't won in Columbus in nine tries. They are 3-17 and 17 against Ohio State in the last 20 games. So Ohio State has owned Michigan. They've owned Michigan with Harbaugh, who's beat them once. But now you have 
a national championship shot on the line here. The winner has got a legitimate chance to play Georgia down the road after winning the Big Ten title, after winning the Final Four semifinal game, which I think they, the winner will do. And then we'll play Georgia for the national championship. And we'll have a chance to be in that game. Ohio State is the more complete team. They have the better speed. Obviously, Stroud's had a very good year, 66%, 3,000 yards, 35 touchdowns. Michigan's got the number one defense in the country in total defense, but do they have the ability to match up in the secondary against what Ohio State presents? They have not in the past. Last year, they did a better job. But for Michigan, more than anything else, it comes down to playing Michigan football, which means they must pound the football behind their big back in quorum to win the game. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a game that's decided late, but I think Ohio State will win. I'll root for Michigan, but I think Ohio State will win. And I wouldn't miss it because it's the best rivalry in all of college football. Even better than Army-Navy because Army-Navy doesn't have the initial impact that this has. But Army-Navy is wonderful. I love it. And I would never miss it. And I think you're going to have a very, very good, very competitive Army-Navy game this year. Because I think Navy's playing better now. So I think that that's going to be a really good game. And I never miss that. To me, it's part of the holiday season, Army-Navy. And it's got a, it's a standalone game when no one else is playing. You know, they have Saturday themselves. And tomorrow at noon, I would not miss Ohio State, Michigan. And I love that the game is still always at noon. They don't accept moving the game. They won't move the game for anything. They won't move the game for TV. They're the only game that won't move. They will not move. They want the game where they want the game. They want it Saturday at noon. And that's what you always think about is, hey, Saturday at noon, when the weather's changing, late November, you're thinking about Ohio State, Michigan. And I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. Your emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back to the Mike Francesa Podcast. Remember, exclusively on the Bet Rivers Network. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. And whether you're into a big college game like Ohio State, Michigan, whether you're into the NFL as we come down the stretch, or even if you're into the World Cup, which I have to admit I'm not. I know a lot of people are getting gaga about uh, United States against England. I, I, I just, soccer, it just doesn't do it for me. But, hey, uh, enjoy it. Steve starts us off, and remember to send your emails to the Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Looks like Joe Klecko is finally close to getting into the Hall of Fame. Do you think he should have been in by now? Yes, I do. I think what happens is the fact that he had the versatility that he had hurt him a little bit. I think being a Jet hurts you a little bit nationally. But I think Klecko was a Hall of Fame player. I really do. And I think uh, the only guy to make the Pro Bowl in three different positions uh, and a guy who 
um, was a really good player and is a Hall of Fame player, so I think he deserves it. Brian asks, uh, as great as Douglas has been, will Zach Wilson make or break his job as Jets GM? I don't think so. I think he has done such a good job and has loaded that team to where he has. See, that's what's going on here with the Jets. The Jets have left the quarterback position behind. They have left Wilson behind. They are ready for prime time, and and Wilson isn't. That's why they had to make the change. Plus, because ownership doesn't want to blow a chance to go to the playoffs. They want to go to the playoffs. So if that means putting another quarterback in, and you could definitely, if White you know, doesn't get it done, you're going to see Flacco. And if you see Flacco, he'll probably be there the rest of the way. They have a better chance of winning with those guys right now than they do with Wilson. But I don't think it will make or break his career because I think he has built a team now with some very shrewd personnel maneuvering and drafting that is ready to win. They have a gr- I think right now they probably have the best defense in the league. And, you know, I was as big a source guard the guy as you could be. I told you that at the draft, I thought he was the best player in the draft. When I just got him, I said he's going to ma- remake the team. He's that good. Joe asks, uh, even if the price tag was large, should the Giants have made the move for Jerry Judy? No. Judy is not good enough that you would make it at any price. If you were getting a Jefferson, if you were getting a Chase, if you were getting a player of that magnitude, then you do what you need to do. You weren't getting that kind of player. So I would not say at any price, and my understanding was the price tag was very steep. And if I were the Giants, I wouldn't go making any financial commitments that would be hard for me to digest with Beckham or anybody else because this year is unraveling. And they have done a great job. I thought the Giants did a great job yesterday. I thought Dable's game plan was excellent. I thought Martindale was able to patch things up as much as he did. Listen, he had a blitz. That was the only chance they had and cover things up the best they could. They can't do everything. And they have no secondary right now. They had everybody out, and they had everybody out on the offensive line. That's hard to do. I mean, it's amazing that game was that close. The game was that close because the Cowboys kept screwing up. That game should have been, you know, 35 to 10. Instead of 28 to 20. Fairly males. The Jets aren't winning the Super Bowl this season. I would agree with that, but I think they can make the playoffs. Even if Wilson struggles, doesn't it make sense to keep him uh, letting uh, work and going through it? Just seems like teams give up on young players too quickly these days. No, I disagree with that. He had no choice because there comes a time as a head coach where you see the handwriting on the wall, and that is that his play is about to divide your team. The defense was outraged by his comments. It's his comments that got him to the bench, not his play. His play was terrible, but they would have allowed that if he had taken 
blame after the game. If he had said the right things, he would have been the quarterback this week. They weren't going to change. They were not considering changing. But after the game, what happened was the reaction from the players. And remember, from the entire community, with social media now, you live in this football community where everything explodes. Well, his comments exploded, and he didn't take blame. He made excuses, and he didn't didn't accept responsibility. And now all of a sudden the defense is like, you know what? We want to go to the playoffs, and this guy's holding us back. That can't be tolerated. He had to go to the bench. Now, unless you wanted to just proclaim, hey, we're going to build this quarterback, and we don't care if we win or lose. Well, that's not the message they want to send right now. They do care if they win or lose, and that's why the best chance to win. Always look at the game. The coach, 99% of the time, 99%, and I've been around a lot of coaches, 99%, they look at the game this way. What gives me the best chance to win this week? Case closed. They want to win. They don't get to coach that many football games unless they are incredibly rock solid. So they have great winning resumes like a Belichick or an Andy Reid. They are not giving up a certain game. And rarely do those guys ever give up a game. They try to win the game at hand. Parcells tried to win every game he ever coached. That was his motivation. I'm telling you, that week his motivation was to win the game no matter what he had to do to win it. He'll worry about the other thing the next week. He was trying to win every game he ever coached. That's their motivation. And you can't say, I'm sacrificing the season to make this quarterback better. You have a defense, and this is what has happened with the Jets. The defense has moved by a quantum leap ahead of the quarterback's development. And that made it about the quarterback, which I told you all year since training camp. This was going to be based on whether or not the quarterback and the coaching staff held the personnel back. The personnel was there. And the coach is not going to let the quarterback do that because he has to answer to that defense. David emails and says, how do you handle Thanksgiving in terms of games and eating dinner with the family? All right. Um, I don't have a big family. I just have one brother. My other brother's gone. My mother's gone. Never had a father. So my family's very small. We had no extra family. So my wife has an enormous family. The immediate family is like 60 people because there's 11 kids. They're all married. They all have kids. Some of their kids have kids. So it is now a, I mean, it's massive. We gather together always at, her mother's house, her, Mrs. O passed away. The wonderful Mrs. O passed away last December. But we still had Thanksgiving at her house, which the house is still in the family. So we ate there because this was the first Thanksgiving without her, and everyone congregated there. 
but what we do is we have massive amounts of lines with a massive amount of food because there's a lot of people. But what we do is we put the food out and the games are on. So we usually ate, like I said, we ate at four o'clock. Food was out at four. Everyone pretty much ate and then sat down for the giant game. That was pretty much it. But there was still eating going on during the giant game. The dining room would be completely full and some people would be watching the game. Some uh, other people might not be watching the game at the moment. I'm always in the room with the TV and watching the game. So, But the, you can eat wherever you want. So that's how we do it. But we ate at 4 o'clock. I um, hope that answers it. Paul says, uh, I know the Giants were overmatched, but Jones missed two easy short yardage targets that would have moved the chains. Yeah, especially the one to Barkley, which I thought he could have caught. He would have fell, fallen down, but I thought he could have caught it. It was behind him. But you know what? The ball was catchable. It hit him in the hand. He could have caught it. Uh, those are the types of plays a quarterback has to make when the offense is limited. That's why I don't think DJ is the guy. Okay. I'm not sure he's the guy either. I'm not ready to make a long-term commitment to him. I've made that very clear. We discussed that a lot at the family dinner yesterday. And I said I was not ready to give him the contract. And I said, I don't think he's a top thrower. I think he's a competitor. I think he's a tough kid. I think he's a smart kid. I think he uses his legs well. I don't think he's a great thrower. And I don't, I, I, I would think you could do better at quarterback. I think he's a starting NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a star. Uh, I thought the game plan was very good. And it kept them in the game. And I thought the Cowboys were... See, the Cowboys under McCarthy have this dysfunctional chip where they just make mistake after mistake and just seem ponderous. I... It seemed like they were off a beat the entire game yesterday when they should have been just attacking that giant secondary in the corners unbelievably. And I thought they could have won that game in a dance, but they were sloppy. They were badly coached. McCarthy made bad decisions after bad decisions. And I thought he kept the Giants in the game. Obviously, the Giants had to lead the half. I thought the Cowboys would come back. They did. Cowboys should have covered. They would have covered on the missed field goal. After he missed that field goal, you knew they were going to get the ball and get the cheap touchdown. You knew it. You knew it. I mean, you've seen enough NFL games, you knew it. I said it at the time. I said Giants are going to come down and cover. I just, I just knew it after the missed field goal. Now, when they were lined up for the field goal, I thought he was going to make it, and then the last touchdown wasn't going to matter. So... The bottom line is it happens. But uh, the Cowboys had huge advantages yesterday. The Giants were so beat up. I thought they did a good job staying in the game. Diehard Giants fan, this is Sean. Love Dable. You should. I think Dable's done a great job. Uh, I do not expect the Giants to win another game this season. Uh, maybe they might sneak one out against the Commanders. I don't think it's that bad. But let's be honest. The Giants have suffered a lot of injuries. They were very thin to begin with. They won with what you would even call dynamic coaching and mirrors. They won a lot of games that they trailed 
They won a lot of games that they were, I mean, down big in. The Baltimore game, the Tennessee game. I mean, they won those games with mirrors. They are going to have a hard time the rest of the way. They have Washington twice. That's going to make or break the Giants' season, the games against Washington. If they win both of them, they have a chance to go to the playoffs. If they don't win both of them, they're going to have a tough time because they have two with the Eagles and two with Washington. Then they have a trip to Minnesota, which will not be easy. And they have, obviously, a closer at Philadelphia. Now, the one thing about that is the Eagles might not need to play at all in that game. And that might give the Giants a cushion. So if the Giants beat Washington twice and then the Eagles don't need that last game, that could get the Giants into the playoffs. But let's be honest, the Giants aren't going anywhere this year. But making the playoffs would still be nice. Winning 10 games would be nice. It's going to be hard to do, though. I agree with you. They've, you know, they were 6-1. and one, Now they've lost 3 out of 4. So they did do it with mirrors this year. They were the... Hey, here's a perfect example. You had two teams yesterday with the same record, and it was a 10-point spread. In a league now where 10-point spreads are enormous. Nobody wants to lay 10 points in the NFL anymore because every game is close. More than it's ever been. None of these games, you very rarely get a game now being a blowout. The Giants are going to struggle, there's no question. They're going to try and keep it together the best they have. Dable's done a great job. Juan does a great job. But they have a million injuries right now and spots where they don't have the ability to patch them up. This is Jensen. The last two games were a stark reminder that the Giants have a long way to go. Clearly. No one should believe they're better than they actually are, especially the front office. I hope they draft accordingly. I agree with you. The Giants have a lot of decisions to make. The Jets right now are way ahead of the Giants in terms of personnel. The Jet defense is superior. The Giants have done it with mirrors. They are not a team as good as their record. They have not been as good as their record for two months. We know that. And you knew they were going to hit a rough patch. And frankly, I thought yesterday they'd lose that game by three touchdowns going in. I didn't think there was any way that they could stay in that game yesterday. And let's be honest, they shouldn't have. The Cowboys, with two interceptions, ponderous decision-making by the, uh, the head coach, and 13 and accepted penalties kept the Giants in the game. I mean, that game never should have been an eight-point game. It should have been an 18- or 20-point game. The Giants were too banged up to play that game, and now they have a very tough schedule. Washington's playing well. They're dangerous. And Washington's playing better defensively in every aspect now. They're getting better. Rivera does that. He improves his defense. They're getting better. They're getting better against the run. They're getting better overall. They are going to be a tough out. They are not going to be an easy out. And they have them twice and the Eagles twice. And then Minnesota and the Colts. You know what? That is not easy. That is not an easy six games.
there's not an easy game there. I mean, the Colts in their building is not an easy game. And the Washington and the Giants are no better than Washington. Those games are a toss-up. But they're seven and four. And if they can get, I think it's going to take 10 wins to get to the playoffs. Nine, I think you'd be looking at a tiebreaker. Ten, I think you might be able to get in. But it's going to come down to this division because look at the stand, look at the records in this division right now. It's going to come down to this division. And the Giants have a lot of games to play in this division. And it's, that's where it's going to come down. You know, Philly's 9-1. and one. Cowboys are 8-3. and three. Phillies two and one in the division. Giant, Dallas is three and one in the division. Giants are zero and two in the division. Washington's one and two in the division. Giants are seven and four. Washington's six and five. They have two games against each other. Washington's looking to move up. They're hot right now. They're playing better right now. Both those teams have losing records in the conference. That's not going to help them on tiebreakers, but their tiebreakers most likely are coming inside the division. Nobody in the South is winning 10 games past the division winner. Nobody in the North is winning 10 games past the division winner. I don't think anybody in the West is winning 10 games past the division winner. If you get to 10 games, you will only get beat on a tiebreaker in your division, and the whole division could make the playoffs. But the Giants need to keep their head above water. Nine, they could sneak in. Because let's be honest, the only team with a winning record below the leader in an NFC position is Seattle at six and four. And Seattle has a tiebreaker over the Giants. That's it. So it's about beating the teams and Seattle in your division. No one else is getting to 500. Atlanta's not getting to 500. New Orleans and Carolina aren't getting to 500. Detroit and Chicago aren't getting to 500. The Rams and Arizona aren't getting to 500. And Seattle's 6-4, and four, and their schedule's not easy. San Francisco's 6-4, and four, but they're going north right now. They're going to win that division. Tampa, Minnesota, San Francisco are going to win that division. But you could get those division winners and then the whole NFC East. That's possible. Very possible. But remember, the Giants are going to play four games in the division. So there's a lot of division work to be done. Enjoy your football. We'll talk to you Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.